Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Sucker Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Special Friday edition post-game show, except the game has not ended just yet. The United States women's national team opening up their World Cup journey, trying to defend their back-to-back titles, getting off to the start tonight against Vietnam. It is in second-half stoppage time with the U.S. leading 3-0. We'll break down all the final numbers when this is over, but so far, U.S. off to a good start. Maybe not the scoreline that everybody expected, but a win in Game 1 is a good start to the tournament, and it looks like they're going to get that. If you don't know by now, I'm Jason Longshore, and joining me tonight, Jessica Charman, who is on her way to vacation, and if you've been driving anywhere in the state of Georgia tonight. You know that it's been storming. Jess, how's that drive been going tonight? We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there, but it's going to be worth it. I've had the good entertainment of the U.S. women's national team, and I'll be honest, as a neutral, I was a little bit nervous about this one going in. I thought it would be a little one-sided, and I'm not saying it wasn't one-sided in a lot of the stat lines, but when you look at that scoreline margin, I think Vietnam can hold their heads extremely high because they put in a battle and showed a lot of resilience and gave the U.S. women's national team a tough run. Yeah, I think they've been very good. And I think that's a good thing for the U.S. in general because you needed a test. And I didn't think this game would be this much of a test. I honestly didn't. I mean, before the tournament, Spain beat Vietnam 9-0. And Spain is a team we're absolutely going to talk about here in a little bit as we get into the Women's World Cup. 
but the U.S. has been in control of this. But Vietnam also hasn't just parked the bus and sat back and defended. I think they've defended really, really well. And their goalkeeper, and I know, hashtag GK Union, their goalkeeper has played very well tonight. What I've loved about the goalkeeper is I had to look up her stats because every time I see a goalkeeper thriving in the air, I like to see how tall they are. The stats say she's 5'5", but she has played well above her height, coming for a lot of those aerial balls, cutting out the crosses that the U.S. women's national team tried to throw into the box. And I think that Vietnam, like you say, they try to have counterattacks here and there, but, you know, they weren't able to put any shots on frame as of yet. Tron Thi Kim Tan is the goalkeeper. And, and Vietnam, the, the reason why we don't know much about these players is only one plays outside of the country. This is their first World Cup. This is a, a team that has acquitted themselves really, really well tonight. Still 3-0. It's deep in second half stoppage time. Just a couple more minutes to go in this one. Two goals for Sophia Smith. One assist. Lindsey Horan scored the third one for the U.S., Sophia Smith, and, and we talked about this in our World Cup preview, Jess. Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Alyssa Thompson, who came into the game later in the second half, uh, Lynn Williams, a lot of attacking options to pair up with Alex Morgan, and we weren't sure who was going to be the breakout star. Sophia Smith is staking her claim to that with a great first performance tonight. Without a doubt, so impressed with what she displayed. And obviously, you're going to highlight those two goals, which displayed different talents. But it's that cutback pass for goal number three that I find so incredible. The vision, the selflessness, and everything she displayed in terms of her speed and her soccer IQ with the vision to see the field. I was extremely impressed with how she played so far in this match. And I think there's a lot of people saying that she may be a golden boot contender and you stamp your name on that uh, opportunity when you get two goals early on in the tournament. Yeah, she has definitely put herself into that conversation. I think the biggest story tonight, and it's going to get lost in the shuffle, it shocked me when the lineup came out. Julie Ertz starting at center back, not Alana Cook. We thought it was going to be Cook and Naomi Gurma. It's Julie Ertz at center back to start the tournament. In my opinion... That means Julie Ertz is playing center back in this World Cup. And I think she did herself a lot of justice. I know she wasn't tested in the same way that you'll see a test against the likes of the Netherlands. But nonetheless, what she was tested with, she did an extremely good job of. I remember a couple of interceptions she made where she had to go to ground, where she looked absolutely agile and, you know, was able to demonstrate her speed and reading of the game. The other stat I like to see that's popped up on the Spanish language broadcast was how she was the player that enjoyed the most possession for the U.S. Women's National Team. She was that outlet. And I think a lot of the skill set she has from playing in a midfield role in terms of her possessional play, in terms of her vision, in terms of her understanding of the key pass, can be attributed well into a defensive position. And she's able to be that connector from the CB position. So now when it comes to the U.S. and the questions as they get into some some more challenging opponents, and the Netherlands on Wednesday will absolutely be that. That's a World Cup final rematch from 2019. I had a question on how the center backs would do once they got tested in the tournament. Now it's going to be the midfield, and Andy Sullivan got the start in this one in that holding midfield role. Lindsey Horan played more of the eight to start. Is that midfield going to hold up well enough against better competition? 
Or do then you start thinking about Julie Ertz moving into the midfield? But I don't think that way. For me, once you get your center back pairing, especially a pairing that hasn't played together, you've got to play them the rest of the way. They've got to build up chemistry. And that's what I'm a believer in, having that experience as a goalkeeper. I want the same centre-back pairing in front of me as often as I can, just because we're building that chemistry, that understanding of each other, that positional awareness. My biggest question over the U.S. right now, though, is the clinical finishing. How many chances went away tonight with poor body positioning? We're sending it over the crossbar. You're not going to get that many opportunities against the Netherlands, on paper at least. So you need to be more clinical in front of frame. Keeping the clean sheet a good thing, and that's something they're going to have to do as you get through this tournament. And it has gone final. The United States starts their defense of back-to-back World Cup wins with a 3-0 win over Vietnam. The predictions here at the American Outlaws party at Wild Heaven Brewing West End, and I was right there with everybody, I thought this could be maybe double digits. I thought this was going to be at least in the 6-7-8 kind of range. The U.S. had the opportunities to get it there. But again, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the opponent. First ever World Cup game, Vietnam was far better than I expected. Without a doubt. And I know I went on TV yesterday and said that I thought this would be one where they were racking up the score, where we were talking about goal difference, because we know how important that's going to be with the Netherlands. Likely this, you know, number one position in the group could come down to goal difference. But it wasn't meant to be tonight. And a lot of that was due to Vietnam and the way they were so organized, the way that they shifted their press, the way that they were able to hold a very good offside line against the speedy forwards of the U.S. It was just extremely organized. And as I keep saying, the goalkeeper as well came in clutch. The amount of times she was able to intercept crosses from dangerous areas, the amount of times that she was able to come in with the big one-on-one saves, obviously saved a penalty as well. Not many goalkeepers can say they've saved a penalty from Alex Morgan nonetheless. And so I think Vietnam are going to take a lot of confidence from this moment. I saw a quote from their head coach before the game where they said they don't have big ambitions, but they're not going to play scared. And I think that summed up the way Vietnam played today. They weren't scared. And I think sometimes when we see lower oppositions in the rankings against the U.S., they kind of over-respect the U.S., if that makes sense. They play timid. They give the U.S. too much time. Vietnam came in and they felt like they belonged on that field alongside the women's national team. And I think they displayed that in the way they performed. I think the key to what you said is to not play scared. They they put numbers behind the ball. They They defended. But it wasn't just parking a bus and everybody sitting back they didn't just sit back and wait they defended and they defended in their defensive third with intensity it wasn't a passive defensive performance from them final numbers possession 66 percent for the u.s shots 28 to zero shots on target seven zero uh, six block shots for the U.S. Fouls 13-13. I thought Vietnam was not afraid to be physical when they needed to be. Um, eight big chances for the U.S. Six big chances missed. If you're looking for a number that might give you a little bit of pause as the tournament goes on, if you're a U.S. fan, that's it. Six big missed chances Oh, that's something that they've got to figure out. Is it just a little bit of knocking the rust off? Is it anything that you see that you would change personnel? Anything jump out to you on that? Or is it just one of those days? I don't think it's personnel because 
you can count on your fingers how many players miss big chances. I mean, Rapino came off the bench and sailed that one off over the mm -hmm. crossbar. Horan had a pretty bad one that she missed. Alex Morgan misses a penalty. So I don't think it's to do with individual personnel. It seems to be going throughout the whole team. You can say rusty boots, whatever you like, but players of that quality, you like to expect that they'll have the body position because a lot of them felt like they were either leaning back or not, you know, connecting with the ball properly. Uh, if you do the math, that's 25% of the shots that they had on target. That's not good enough for a side that you expect big things from, like the US. My concern, as I said earlier on, is you're not going to get 28 shooting opportunities against many teams if you go deeper in this tournament. So you've got to be working on your clinical finishing. The good news is it's game one. You've got time now to work on that and to be getting into practice and making sure you're having plenty of shooting games in practice and giving your goalkeeper something to work about because obviously she didn't have to be called upon belly at all in tonight's game. She will be tested against the Dutch. The Dutch will start the tournament early Sunday morning. We'll, we'll look ahead to that as we go tonight. Let's... The U.S. win 3-0 in their World Cup opener. If you're just joining us on, on this special Atlanta soccer tonight, we'll be doing these around the United States matches in the Women's World Cup. Jason Longshore alongside Jessica Charman. And Jess, let's talk about Alex Morgan. I, I thought her flick on the opening goal from Sophia Smith, brilliant. And, and one of the big conversation points for me about Alex Morgan has been how her game has evolved as she's gotten older. She was that electric forward in her you know, earlier days with the national team, getting in behind, using her pace, finishing chances that way. The last World Cup, we saw her uh, almost in that target forward role. It's almost like a throwback, like old school number nine, getting beat up at times. But being that outlet when the U.S. was under pressure, they could play long to her, she'd hold it up. I think now she's starting to become that complete number nine who can do those things, and I think she's going to need to at times in this tournament, but also she can create and facilitate for those attacking, exciting wingers around her in Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, who came into this one as a teenager and got a chance. I think Lynn Williams is going to have something to say about playing as this tournament goes on, but Alex Morgan, that flick on the opening goal, that's outstanding. That's world-class. I 100% agree. And the best quality players are able to adjust as their careers go along. They can't rely on certain attributes that got them to where they were during their prime. They have to be able to change the way they play. And we're seeing the development of Alex Morgan in a lot of ways. And I think you're right. She has to kind of learn to adjust that she's no longer one of those speedy young ones, but she has their speed to play off and she can use other skills to be able to be successful out there. She has really evolved into an important player in a completely different way for the U.S. women's national team. It's been so cool to see that evolution. But the first game of the World Cup, the story is Sophia Smith, one of the best young players in the NWSL with the Portland Thorns, player of the year last year in the league. She is the player of the game tonight with two goals, one assist, Lindsey Horan, had that late goal that made it 3-0. Maybe expected a few more on the board for the U.S. women's national team, but they get the important three points in game one. We'll see how Vietnam holds up as the tournament goes on. I think that's going to be a, a question mark is, is it 3-0 against the Netherlands? Is it 3-0 against Portugal? Does goal difference come into play? Hopefully the U.S. takes care of their business and it doesn't matter. Now coming up in five minutes, 
if you did not hear it or see it, there was another big game going on almost concurrently with this one down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And wouldn't you know it, a Hollywood kind of script played out at Drive Pink Stadium. You'll hear how that sounded coming up after this on Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Jason Longshore here. Jessica Charman alongside as well. We'll be doing these shows to either recap or preview U.S. Women's National Team games at the Women's World Cup. The U.S. got a 3-0 win tonight in game number one against Vietnam. We'll recap more of that in the next segment But there was another big game that happened down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in the League's Cup. Atlanta United will make their League's Cup debut on Tuesday in Fort Lauderdale, playing Inter-Miami, playing Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi did not start this match for Inter-Miami. He came in the 54th minute. Miami was up 1-0 when he came into the match. Cruz Azul equalized at the 65th. Uriel Antuna scored then. And it looked like it was going to go to a penalty shootout deep in stoppage time. This is what it sounded like on Apple TV. Here it is. Messi! Put it in the bin any other way! Magnificent! 
the music is just going to keep going in Fort Lauderdale all night long as Lionel Messi hits a free kick golasso in the 94th minute to give Inter Miami the win in his debut. I mean, Jess, like this whole thing has been very Hollywood scriptwriter's dream. And to put a free kick in the back of the net in the 94th minute, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? No. You knew something spectacular was going to happen. I thought he might get a debut goal, but I wasn't expecting something as special as that, something as show-stopping. And, I mean, everybody that paid their extremely high levels of money to be in that stadium (laughs) got their money's worth. They'll be feeling very happy with themselves. So other League's Cup results tonight. That game is in Atlanta United's group. So that basically puts Miami through to the knockout round, barring a three-way tie with each team winning a game and then Miami getting knocked out on the three-way tiebreaker. Probably not going to happen. Orlando and Houston, that did finish 1-1, went to penalties. Orlando got the bonus point in penalties in League's Cup. If it finishes as a draw in the group stage, it'll go straight to penalties. Both teams will get a point for the draw. The penalty shootout will give a team a bonus point. So Orlando on two points in their group, Houston on one. Austin, who has really had problems with international competition this year, they fell 3-1 to Mazatlan. That's an upset. And then a game that just went final. Jess, you will be very happy to know that Charlotte FC won on penalties 4-1. Really good penalties for Charlotte after a 2-2 final in regulation. Listen, Charlotte's needed this. And I think this is what's very good about the cup, right? I understand the frustration with a lot of MLS fans that it's a whole month off that if you get knocked out early, then, you know, you're not playing for a very long time. But the cup gives sides like Charlotte who have had a real downward spiral in the league, something else to focus on, a clean slate to be able to improve themselves. And it's great news for the team. And hopefully that can build some confidence as they have Nakaxa next week. Yeah, don't get knocked out early. That's the lesson in League's Cup. You, you want to build some momentum? You want to get some experience playing in knockout games? Get out of your first two games and get the results that you need to. That should give Charlotte a really good cushion going into that home game with Nicoxa. Last game on the board, Leon on the road in Vancouver. All the games are played in the U.S. Leon leading 1-0 over the Vancouver Whitecaps late in the first half. Let's bounce back to the Women's World Cup and kind of give a recap of where the tournament is so far. I've got four different things that have stood out to me so far in this tournament. Number one, Spain. Dominant. 3-0 win. It's kind of the same story, right, as the U.S. over Vietnam. 3-0 win, but Spain had 47 shots and just 80% of the ball. I mean, as dominant as you can ever imagine – the scoreline doesn't reflect that, but Spain was a team that, Jess, we didn't really know if they would be that good or potentially implode. And I, I guess both are still on the cards the rest of the way, but that's a good first game for the Spanish team. You've got to see how consistency comes into play, but I think the Spaniards have made their mark, and I think they truly are a contender. It's interesting that two sides that have world-class players are struggling against And I mean, this with no disrespect, but lower opponents. And again, in the Spanish broadcast, the color commentator made a comment and she said, sometimes when you are a big team, it can be difficult to play against smaller countries. You don't get yourself up for the occasion as much. And I think both the US and Spain maybe are a little guilty to not being as clinical 
in those games against lesser opponents, perhaps taking their eye off of the ball a little bit and getting a little bit too comfortable in those moments. Because with that shot tally, and any goalkeeper will, will say that's a lot of shots to face, you expect a few more than three goals finding the back of the net. That's a really good point about facing lesser competition. And, and look, it's again, it's not being you know disrespectful. It's just it's the facts. It, it is lesser competition. And when you have that in game one and you know it's going to be a tournament that could go a long way, you're not holding back because, you know, you've at least got two more group stage games. And if you're the U.S. or you're Spain, you're talking about making a long run. You're not holding back, but you kind of are holding back, right? Yeah, and I think you see it with the squad rotation with the players that didn't necessarily start or get as many significant minutes. You are looking at making sure you don't get injuries, making sure that you don't risk players playing a full 90 that don't need to play a full 90. You're getting the job done. You're making sure that you don't make things difficult for yourself. But I think you saw, particularly with Spain, because I believe they were 3-0 up within the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, they kind of went into cruise control a little bit. And that's understandable because you have to find that risk and reward. It's all well and good winning 13-0 in your first game if you then can't raise to that ability throughout the rest of the tournament. So it's better to kind of get hot at the right time, as we talk about so often in knockout football. Nine saves for Daniela Solera, the goalkeeper for Costa Rica in that one. Uh, three shots get past her. 46 shots for Spain. I was trying to give him one extra. Next on the list of what we've learned so far, Canada. Now, We've talked about this before. Canada has a, a little bit of a bad trend of slipping up when it comes up to World Cup play. They did not look good in a scoreless draw against Nigeria in their opener. No, it, it just looked lackluster, I think would be the word that I use. And again, Nigeria came to play. Nigeria came to fight. We saw a big save from the Nigerian goalkeeper, Sinclair, obviously missing the penalty goalkeeper, saving it. Canada had that golden opportunity. And when you're already concerned, because one of the big question marks over this Canadian women's team was, where are the goals going to come from consistently? If you miss a penalty when you have the golden opportunity from 12 yards to find a goal, you're really starting to see that question mark grow and grow. I'm going to jump ahead since you mentioned Christine Sinclair missing a penalty. Alex Morgan, well, having a penalty saved. Uh, let me let me use the proper Come on, we've got to give our here. keepers credit, Jason. I, I'm I'm about to. I'm about to. Uh, Alex Morgan, penalty saved. Uh, Jennifer Aramoso for Spain had a penalty saved. Six penalties so far in the tournament. Only two have been made. Is this just crazy numbers or is there anything to it? Uh, we'll see how the average continues. New Zealand's uh, penalty, which hit the crossbar, could have been one of the most beautiful penalties I've ever seen if she had got that one right and it dropped down into the back of the net. But uh, I think goalkeepers are getting more confident. The female level of goalkeeping is also growing. I think that's no doubt about that. Uh, one of my pet peeves every World Cup would be people talking about the level of goalkeeping. And I think we've seen an incredible jump with the standard. Just look at the Vietnamese goalkeeper today and how well she did at coming for crosses and tipping the ball over the crossbar, which has always been an area of criticism in the female game. So I do think that's not, you know, anything that is not connected. There is a connection with the success, but I also wonder if game week one, are players feeling a little nervous going to that spot and not being able to show what they can do from 12 yards? So let's go back to Alex Morgan's penalty tonight. Um, 
I thought she decided to go down the middle. Maybe the movement from the goalkeeper made her change her mind, but I thought she put it where she wanted to. And playing a penalty down the middle, it can be successful. It, some some players, that's their spot. That's where they want to go. And sometimes you can change the velocity. We, you know, we know we see the Panenka from time to time. I didn't think Morgan mishit it. I think the keeper just ended up winning the, the battle there and didn't give away the middle of the goal. I think her run-up kind of gave away she was going down the middle to me. There was something very unnatural about the width of her run-up. If you look back how mm -hmm. wide she went for her bend around the ball. And to me, I was always thinking she was going to go more central because of the curve that she put on the run. Because it would have been very unnatural to strike across her body or open her hips at that angle. So I know players try to be sneaky and throw goalkeepers with different run-ups, whether it be the stutter step, whether it be changing the angle. But I think, like you say, the goalkeeper won that mind game and thought where Alex Morgan was going. She wasn't very subtle about showcasing that. So get into that just a little bit more from a, from a goalkeeper's perspective. When you're in that situation and all the pressure, I think the narrative is been incorrect for so long that the pressure's on the goalkeeper there. The pressure's no. on the penalty taker. Yeah, I mean, no one expects you to save a penalty, right? They shouldn't. It's 12 yards. The field players got all of the advantage, particularly in the female game where the goalkeepers are usually a lot smaller. There's a lot less range on a goalkeeper mm -hmm. in terms of the time that they have to cover that ground. So I think it always favors the forward as a goalkeeper. I'm looking at my one time to be a hero in terms of a lot of the plaudits, a lot of the attention. So you just do it with a smile on your face. And I think that actually the nervousness is so much more on the striker that you have to be there and enjoy it and not to cross into the men's game too much. But you look at Dibu Martinez and the mind games he plays and the fun he has every time he's at on a penalty, right? He's enjoying the moment. He's playing those mind games. And I think when you're able to play in to that relaxation and contrast with the nerves of the field player, that's when you get that added advantage to your favor. He's had so much fun playing the mind games that there are now anti-Debu rules that have been enacted by IFAB and FIFA to not allow the mind games to be Which played. Which is absolutely, why are we making it even harder for goalkeepers? <laughs> I mean, I would like to say the odds usually show. I know this World Cup, as you've already stated, two out of six isn't in favor of this statement, but it's so much harder for the goalkeeper. You already have the rules about them having to keep one foot on the line. You've already given away that slim advantage that we used to have of kind of cheating and jumping a little early. Now you want to stop us shaking the crossbar or pulling faces? No, that that to me takes away some of the fun. If the, if the forward can start a step and break their run up, I'm not okay with you. You need to you need to cut that out at the same way as you're going to cut out gamesmanship from the goalkeeper. See, it's always so easy to get you riled up when I start talking about goalkeepers. It's so easy. It's, it's good times, though. Um, the last one on my list of things we've learned so far, the home teams, New Zealand, Australia, both wins in game one. The New Zealand win may be a little bit surprising. The Australia win without Sam Kerr, it's a good start. Are you thinking these are two teams that are going to get out of the group? I would like to think so for New Zealand, getting that result against Norway, a team that we thought was going to be favorite in that group. They've really got themselves off to a great start with that momentum. Now they have to kind of refocus, regroup and remember that every game matters because it may be easy to get a little bit, you know, run away with that emotion, getting your first World Cup win in front of an incredible crowd, record breaking crowd in New Zealand. For Australia, the Sam Kerr news was absolutely huge. 
Uh, I didn't get the news until I saw her sitting on the bench and I was shocked mm-hmm. and confused. And that's such a huge loss because Kerr, as we know, is an absolutely vital player, but also a leader. And they they missed that leader on the field, but they were still able to pull out a result, which will give them confidence. But I do think the home field advantage is there for both of those sides because the atmosphere in those games, having watched it on the TV, was absolutely incredible. And it's so exciting to see, you know, people embracing soccer in their home countries in Australia and New Zealand. U.S. Women's National Team wins their World Cup opener 3-0. More on that and what's coming up next in the World Cup right after this in 5 on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back. Final segment, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, special edition on a Friday after the U.S. Women's National Team gets their World Cup journey started with a 3-0 win over Vietnam tonight. Just a crazy night for soccer in the United States. The U.S. wins 3-0. Lionel Messi debuts for Inter-Miami, scores a free kick golazo in the 94th minute to give Miami a win in the debut. You had Messi hugging LeBron James before the game. Celebrities everywhere. Just a wild night for this game in this country. And it's only going to continue to kick up from here. We're going to have plenty of Atlanta Soccer Tonight specials all summer long to get you ready for it. Jason Longshore alongside Jessica Charman. And Jess, let's put a bow on the U.S. match tonight. Again, 3-0 for the U.S., 28 shots, 7 on target, 6 big chances missed. The U.S. plays the Netherlands next. Now, we have not seen the Netherlands yet. They start their World Cup Sunday morning, 3.30 a.m. against Portugal. It's Portugal's debut in the tournament, but Portugal's been very competitive in European competition. Is there anything that stands out to you that a U.S. fan should be concerned about after tonight's match? I would just be concerned about the fact your defense hasn't truly been tested. And now you're going to go up against the Netherlands that are going to test it. That gap between the difference in the way these two teams attack 
it is going to be difficult. And, and again, Vietnam did okay. We saw some breaks forward. We saw a couple of interceptions that had to happen, but there weren't any dangerous opportunities where you really felt like the US were on the back foot. Against the Netherlands, they're going to have to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. There are going to be moments where the US struggles in transition, where they're truly tested. And I think if I'm a US fan, I'm a little bit concerned about the jump in the level from game one to game two. I want to get into a couple things that I think we learned tonight. And we talked about the first one in the first segment. Julie Ertz playing as a center back. Now, she's played as a center back in a World Cup before 2015. She was the center back there. 2019, she was in the midfield. And I think she can be more dynamic and more impactful in the midfield. Now, as a center back, again, they weren't really tested. Vietnam didn't have a shot, let alone a shot on target. Ertz was 66 of 79 on her passes, 9 of 11 on longer passes. She did have four shots, one blocked, two off target, one on target. Dangerous on set pieces whenever Ertz gets forward. But I think Ertz starting as a center back in game one is a big tell when you get into Vlatko Andonovsky's mindset that he did not want to play two untested center backs in Naomi Gurma and Alana Cook untested at the World Cup level. He wanted a little more veteran leadership there, and he played Julie Ertz there. I would assume that means Julie Ertz is a center back in this tournament. I think it has to be. Uh, I think why would you waste this 90 minutes if you weren't then going to keep her in that position, if that makes sense? It's huge to try and grow that consistency. It's huge to try and have that leadership back there. And when you lose captains, when you lose experience through injuries like we know happened to Becky, then you kind of wanted to have that veteran presence back there, the calming presence for a centre-back. And I think that's what Irks brings. When you watch Julia in that back line, she just makes you feel relaxed. She makes you feel confident. You talked about her accuracy and her passing, and she never makes you feel like she's going to put you under unnecessary pressure or, or stress. And that's where her presence in that defensive line it is so important. Will you miss her in the midfield? Absolutely. Would you love to be able to duplicate her and have twins? Like there seems to be so many US Women's National Team players with twins. Yeah, absolutely. I would love a second Julia in there for you. But I think when you look at where the US is going to struggle with the injuries, we already talked about how we were concerned about the back line. I think Ertz offers some stability and leadership that I'm not sure you have on the rest of the roster to fill that spot. So without Ertz in the midfield, it was Andy Sullivan, Savannah DeMello, and her second appearance for the U.S. Women's National Team, and Lindsay Horan. Horan can play the 8, she can play the 10, I, she could play the 6 if you need it. You don't want to, to lose her attacking side of her game, playing as the deepest lying midfielder in the trio. Andy Sullivan, I thought, was solid tonight. Savannah DeMello, at times, looked like the moment was very big for her. It's mm -hmm. her second cap. That's understandable. Only 12 of 13 in terms of passes. Only 34 touches uh, in 63 minutes. She did create two chances out of 13 passes, two key passes. That's pretty good. But DeMello, I just didn't see enough there from her. Now, Rose Lavelle, when she came into the match, Megan Rapino also came in same time in that 63rd minute. I thought Lavelle, and she was on a minutes restriction tonight, I think when she's ready to go, Rose Lavelle is the starter there with Sullivan and with Haran, with Ertz playing in the back. 
Yeah, she has to be because the energy she brought, just in her body language, when she walked on that field, she looked like she belonged there. And I think with Demelo, she just looked a bit shy, a little bit timid. She shy wasn't is a willing. Really good way to put it. She wasn't willing to put herself out there. I think she was so nervous to make a mistake, maybe on this stage, that she ended up not being able to show what a talented player she is because she didn't command or demand for the ball. And then Lavelle comes in there and she has that swagger about her, that fearlessness about her, not afraid to get involved, not afraid to point fingers and tell people where to be. And that's where you saw the difference between a player that's played in a moment like this and a player that's in their second cap. So I think that's huge. By the way, when you talk about Haran, I just love how she plays. She's such a mean bully with such a silky touch. She has that perfect combination of brute strength and force, but also that silky, skillful and we saw it with the finish, which was the cherry on the top. To be able to put it through the goalkeeper and two defenders, it was such a good finish. Now, here's the other thing that we learned with that double sub in the 63rd minute. Megan Rapino came into the match then. She moved to the left wing. It was Sophia Smith who then played through the middle after that. There were some questions that Vlatko Andonovsky only really took one true number nine, and that's Alex Morgan. You need to manage her minutes when you can. This game was under complete control. Sophia Smith as the nine, that changes things. She's going to play the role very differently than Morgan, and they got a goal out of that configuration with Smith assisting Haran. That might be a look that we see from the U.S. at times, not just in a game that's under control, but in a game where maybe you need a different look up top. It's great to be able to have a different look particularly late on in a game against a fatigued back line when you can offer that pace uh, yeah. of Smith to get in and behind the back line. You saw it. And that was actually my favorite goal of the three because, like I say, she showed her positional awareness. She showed her ability to run between the back line and get on that end of that ball. But to look up and find that pass, to be able to cut it back, because there was another option towards the six-yard box. But instead, she looks up and she sees towards the penalty spot instead and finds Haran. That was such a smart goal. And I think if I'm a defensive line, it's one thing to be able to defend Alex Morgan. She's still great. She can still threaten you with a different way. But then to have to then completely adjust to the way that you defend to a player that will run at you and will take you on, it's just a fearful way to be as a defender when you have to adjust so significantly. I really like this kind of setup for the U.S. where you can move Sophia Smith through the middle or you could bring on Lynn Williams to play through the middle or you can move Trinity Rodman through the middle. You've got a lot of interchangeability with that front attacking group, even with the bench options, to where you can make this look a few different ways depending on what you need out of the moment. The U.S. wins 3-0. They're going to face the Netherlands on Wednesday. That's another 9, 9 p.m. kickoff. We'll be on the air at 11 p.m. to recap everything. This is a rematch of the Women's World Cup Final from 2019. The U.S. won that one 2-0. The Dutch are missing Vivian Miedema, uh, who's kind of dropped into a little bit more of a number 10 role than playing the pure nine like she has in the past, but still a, a hugely impactful player for the Netherlands that won't be there. Uh, Lika Martens is an incredibly talented player for them uh, alongside so many others. This will be a really big test, and I think the U.S. was good tonight against inferior competition. They have to be better, and they have to be more clinical against the Dutch on Wednesday. 
yeah, they need to take the lessons that they've learned in this one. It was a good run out. It was some good minutes in the legs. There were a lot of positive signs. But like you say, the amount of chances that they were able to create are positive. But the lack of finishing those chances is an area of concern because I think the Dutch will do a better job of snifling those chances and not giving up as many opportunities. But that being said, I actually really like this draw for the US because you're getting a test against one of the best teams early on. You're kind of getting that point to challenge yourself and to see where you really are in your level of play. And I think it's going to help them later on in the competition when they're able to look back on this second game week and see how they did. Uh, but it is such an important game to do with where they're going to come out of the group. Because you spoke about very clearly on our pre-tournament uh, show, Jason, how if you finish first or second, it's a very different drawing and a very different path to the final the U.S. need to win and they need to win in style against the Netherlands in order to ensure that they're going to get that number one spot in this group. Yeah, you don't want to fall into that second spot and change the pathway. The Dutch play about 36 hours later than the U.S. The tournament scheduling is very strange at times this year. That's a little bit of an advantage. I mean, about a day and a half that the U.S. will have to rest a as opposed to the Netherlands, they play Portugal on Sunday. That's a, a 3.30 a.m. kickoff. Now, if you are a total sicko and you're going to stay up all night and watch the Women's World Cup, there's a couple of interesting games coming up. The 3 a.m. game between Japan and Zambia. Look, that might you might hear that and say, why, why, am, I, why am I staying up? Why am I going to watch this game at 3 a.m. Japan and Zambia? Barbara... Banda for Zambia is a player to watch. They don't really believe in defending the Zambian team, but they do believe in scoring goals, and they beat Germany in a pre-World Cup friendly. That could be a really fun game coming up here in a few hours. I don't mind teams that don't care about defending as long as they're scoring goals. It's nice open football where you're going to have <laughs> exciting results for a neutral. Fantastic. Now, if you're a Zambian fan, you're going to be pulling your hair out probably yes. with conceding. But for the neutrals, it maybe gives you that energy to keep watching the game. I think Zambia is a team to watch. Like you say, anytime you have a star like Banda that's going to be able to score consistently, you've always got a chance. And like that result against Germany, how can you not be feeling confident coming off of a result like that? That's a great way to set your self-esteem in place before you face the challenges in the World Cup. That could be a sneaky good game coming up at 3 a.m. And then at 5.30, England starts their World Cup journey against Haiti. England, big favorites in that one. First World Cup appearance for Haiti. What are you looking for out of that in England's opener? A statement victory, if I'm completely honest, because the biggest scoreline we've seen is 3-0 in this tournament. I've been really impressed with how close the matches have been, actually. I know when we talked to Jonas, the Arsenal manager, he was talking about how he was expecting a lot of blowouts in this tournament because of the disparity, because of the growth to 32 teams. But so far, we've not seen any of those. And I think that's a good thing for the game and for the neutral. But I would like to see England be clinical, set the tone, show that they're able to be here to compete. But, you know, I also hope Haiti's able to put up a good fight because anytime you get a debutante team, particularly with the story behind Haiti, you want to make sure they're able to showcase themselves to their country who's so proud that they've been able to make it to the World Cup. So there's a lot of soccer coming up over the next week on 92.9 The Game in the Odyssey app. It starts on Sunday night, 7 o'clock, MLS Next Pro Action, Atlanta United 2 hosting Huntsville City. I'll be on the call alongside Jarrett Smith for that one. 
back here at Atlanta Soccer tonight on Monday night, usual time, 11 p.m. Jess and I will have a Women's World Cup recap podcast on Tuesday afternoon. Make sure you're subscribed to Off the Woodwork to get that one delivered to you. And then Tuesday night, Mike Conti and I will be on the road in Fort Lauderdale, Atlanta United, and Inter Miami. And then Wednesday, Jess, we're back here again doing a post-game show, USA, Netherlands. Living the dream, huh? Soccer has taken over the U.S., and we love to be a part of it, right? It's taking over 92.9 The Game right now, that's for sure. All kinds of content. Thank you so much for checking it all out. Thank you for subscribing to Off the Woodwork. Thank you for listening. Whenever we break out the pirate radio satellite dish to get on the air on 92.9 The Game, thank you for checking it out. We appreciate it. The U.S. 3-0 winners tonight in their World Cup opener. They're back in action Wednesday night, 9 p.m. against the Netherlands. Jess and I will be back to recap that one at 11 p.m. Can't wait for it. Can't wait to see if the U.S. can go 2-0. and Thank you so much for hanging out with us on AST on a Friday night. Adios, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.